Welcome and thank you for joining us for the NAHU Healthcare Happy Hour, the official podcast of the National Association of Health Underwriters. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. The podcast is distributed on these platforms every Friday and is included in the NAHU's weekly member-exclusive health policy newsletter, The Washington Update, giving you a head start on your weekly healthcare happy hour. NAHU's legislative advocacy work takes on many forms, one of which is the process of submitting written testimony to Congress. On this week's episode of the Healthcare Happy Hour, Senior Vice President of Government Affairs, Marcy Buckner, and Vice Presidents of Congressional Affairs, John Green and Chris Hartman, are here to discuss two pieces of testimony we submitted this week, as well as the overall importance of submitting testimony for the record. So welcome back to the podcast, folks. For those who may be unfamiliar with this process of submitting testimony for congressional hearings, how does it work? So committees, as they are putting their schedules together, oftentimes decide to have hearings like we're seeing here. And they're announced in advance. So we get notification of the hearing, what the topic is, who will be providing testimony, and then we're able to respond. Sometimes we are responding because we're on the panel giving testimony, but more often than not, we respond in writing. And it's our way to be able to put together our thoughts on whatever specific issue is being heard by the different House or Senate committees and be able to reach out to the members on those committees directly. When we do submit written testimony, it is provided in advance of the hearing. You technically are allowed to submit testimony after the hearing is over, but we do feel as though we get more traction when we do submit it prior to the hearing than it is provided to all of the members on that committee so that, like I said, we're able to get in front of a large number of members of Congress with one document when we're submitting testimony for the hearings. And they sometimes have questions of us. So by giving it to them in advance, they can also submit questions back to us to clarify our points. Yeah, submitting it to the committee is important so that the committee staff can read the material, learn more about the topic. Even if we aren't the witnesses that you would see on television or C-SPAN presenting it, that material gets read later by the committee staff or by the staff of the members who sit on the committee can be taken into account when they're starting to develop legislation or heading towards a markup on a bill. It also gives them kind of a flag to maybe invite us to come speak and testify, as we've done many times in the past. So you referenced it a little bit, but what is the impact of submitting testimony for the record, and why is it part of our advocacy efforts? Why do we submit testimony? Well, it allows us to open the door and start a conversation with these members. We know already that they're on these committees of jurisdiction for us, so committees that usually hear the bills that we are supporting at NEHU. And this is a way that we can communicate with them that is a little different than going to an in-office meeting, but oftentimes leads to in-office meetings or follow-up meetings to be able to discuss what we submitted in the testimony. It's also a really great way for us to show that we are market experts. As you all know, many of you who just returned from being here from Capitol Conference, 
there's only so much that you can discuss when you're in an in-person meeting. And sometimes you're not able to get into the weeds and get into some of the really specific issues and concerns that we have. So by submitting our comments and testimony in writing, we're able to get into the technical details and show these members that we are subject matter experts and to what some of Chris and John were mentioning earlier, and that we're the people that they should be following up with, with questions to be able to truly impact the end result of the hearing, which oftentimes is resulting in a bill being discussed or drafted. Yeah, I think there's value in allowing people to go back and read your material because things get missed in the conversation. We can go in and have a meeting witnesses can even testify, but you really need sometimes uh, the ability to read material to be able to absorb it and have a little more time in it. Our testimony, which we work on in great detail with members of the association, allows them to really think about our position and our place in the market and how the private health insurance market works. And committee staff really appreciate that interaction as well, because you know when we want to have a meeting with them, they already know who we are because they know we've submitted testimony and that we know what we're talking about and we're engaged. Uh, so it, it does help, as Marcy was saying as well, you know, in terms of opening doors, it's just helping us have a dialogue with committee staff who do like those kind of weedy kind of conversations more so than you know, more rank and file members. And this was also particularly a useful tool during the pandemic when hearings were limited, attendance at hearings was even more limited, as well as the list of witnesses. So this was another way for us, again, to use just a different channel of communication and submit our testimony in writing to be able to be a part of the conversation, even if we weren't in the room. Yeah, to follow up on Marcy's point, many of you might be familiar with state legislatures where often you submit testimony and everyone who signed up can testify before a committee. In Congress, it doesn't work that way. Often, sometimes an entire committee hearing will be only with three witnesses. So there's not an opportunity for everybody to sign up and get five to 10 minutes like many state legislative committees work. And so this is a great way of giving a lot of detailed information to the committee staff or the staff of the members or the members of Congress themselves without actually being one of the in-person witnesses. So there were two congressional hearings this past week that were relevant to NAHU, one hosted by the House Oversight and Reform Committee regarding potential pathways to universal health coverage, and another hosted by the Senate Finance Committee focused on mental health parity and integration between behavioral and primary care. So let's first discuss the universal health coverage hearing. What did we communicate in our written testimony to the committee? This was another opportunity for us to voice our concern about single payer systems and the public option. So we also like to take the opportunity to educate members of Congress. Universal health care, when you talk about that term, it really means that everyone has access to care. And we're very close to that in this country. But it's often used interchangeably with single payer, Medicare for all, and public option. So our testimony focused on educating members of Congress, not just on that, but what happens if we did look at some of those options, like public option, like single payer, and the impact that it would have on the health insurance market and on health insurance consumers. So 
I know we talk a lot of times about bill numbers and bills that we're opposing or supporting. This was an opportunity to not have to address a specific bill number, but instead to address a specific issue and be able to, like I said, share some data and facts about what Americans would face if something like a single payer system was put in place. So with some of these hearings, I think some of our NEHU members might be surprised that we aren't there in person testifying or that we weren't invited to be on the witness panel. And it's important to remember, especially with issues like this, like universal health care and single payer, that some of these committee hearings are for entertainment value, for lack of a better term. They're not going to come to a final decision here. You know, I don't think that's surprising to anyone that they didn't come to a decision on what to do with universal health care during the hearing earlier this week. But oftentimes when it is a topic that is controversial like that, the witnesses that are in attendance are very partisan. And so as you all know, we advocate on a bipartisan manner. And so we want to make sure when we're going in and we're giving testimony, it is to a committee that is open to feedback and ready to really put the level of expertise that we have into place when they're looking at drafting bills, not just going in for the sake of getting a few more C-SPAN viewers and providing partisan discourse. Moving on to the Senate finance hearing on mental and behavioral health, what did NAHU comment on this topic? What points did we convey to the committee here? I saw two prongs on this one. One is that any bill that doesn't have a very strong workforce component, acknowledging the fact that there are not enough providers in the system, is not a bill worth actually doing. I would say even the president's budget proposal acknowledged the workforce problem uh, by providing money specifically for workforce. So I think that's really what it's going to take. The other piece is. From a regulatory perspective, in the CAA, there were additional rules and guidances uh, offered around compliance with the uh, mental health parity law that have barely taken hold yet. And to suggest that there ought to be a civil monetary penalty on employers for non-compliance is really premature in our view. We've not even had a chance to fully comply with those rules or test them or have further refinements and such. And so those were the the two main points of emphasis in our testimony. So can folks listening who may be interested read the testimony that we submit or is it just for Congress? Even though it is submitted to the committees, it, it is a part of public record, but we also make sure that we are sending it out to you in our Washington update every Friday. So if any HU has submitted testimony on a hearing, you can find it there, but you can also look at the committee websites and you'll see the testimony that everyone submitted and it is part of the public record. You can also find a collection of our testimony, a library of our testimony, if you will, on the NEHU website. If you go to NEHU.org, click on advocacy, policy documents, and then click on testimony, and you'll see all of the testimony that we have submitted. It is now time for the NEHU Healthcare Happy Hour Toast of the Week. So what are we toasting to this week? 
This week, we're toasting to NAHU's new agency dues model. This is NAHU's new program for due payments for multiple members from one agency. It's easy and effective for your agency to manage individual membership dues and maximize benefits for your agency today. You'll be excited to try out this new exciting program and makes life easier for everyone. Cheers. Thank you for joining us for the NAHU Healthcare Happy Hour, the official podcast of the National Association of Health Underwriters. For more information on NAHU's government affairs efforts or to become a member, visit NAHU.org.